Hello and welcome to Backing Paper Back after our Easter week off. Uh, I am here, it's me, Graham, and joining me as always is the lovely Rachel. Rachel, how are you? Hi, Graham. Yes, I am here too. <laughs> um, we are starting this week's show off with some very sad news. Carl Havens, uh, who was one of the hosts of the Classic Lenses podcast and uh, a guest on the Sunny 16 podcast only two weeks ago, has very sadly died. He died on Saturday um, of a heart attack. Uh, we are all obviously very shocked and surprised by this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And the for all the jokes that went around at April Fools about oh all the podcasts coming together and all that the reality is that actually we are quite a close knit group we all talk to each other quite a lot and um, you know yeah. to have this happen drops a bomb on everybody not just us but to everybody who listens to and has been listening to Carl for so long um, it's a the relationship that you have with people who you hear in your ears every week is. Quite <laughs> surprisingly close one. I found this in mm -hmm. the past myself. Um, so, obviously, yeah. we just want to reach out and send our condolences and our thoughts to Carl's family and his friends, and of course Johnny and Simon over at the Classic Lenses podcast. Um, it's a very sad day, and we are thinking of you. Um, not really much more we can add. Is there, Rach? No, I don't think so. It's um, it, we weren't really sure how to um, approach uh, putting this out there um, and and talking to you, but we thought best way to do it was just to be upfront and to say this at the top of the show, um, so that it, because it, it felt it felt insincere to do it at the end. So we thought let's talk about it now. We'll get it out there. Um, tell everybody about it and um, yeah just obviously we're in as much shock as everybody else over over this and um, obviously I'm very sad that I um, missed the opportunity to chat with Carl um, and yourselves obviously when we had him on a couple of weeks ago unfortunately I wasn't there um, for, for that episode but um, obviously you listen to it afterwards and um, uh, and yeah he's um He's a lovely chap and seemed to, um, you know, he was talking very much about, I think at the very beginning, about um, the friendship that he has with Simon and Johnny and obviously all the listeners and things. So, uh, yeah, there's not much else we can say, unfortunately, just that we're obviously very sad about that. Yeah, absolutely. And so glad that we did have the opportunity to yeah. speak to him. Um, <laughs> you know, I would, I he's somebody who I wish we had had a chance to get to know better, but at least we yeah. had that. And all his uh, cameras, <laughs> all his lenses. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, there isn't going to be a, a regularly scheduled Classic Lenses podcast this week, unsurprisingly, but I think they are actually going to just put out that episode that we did with Carl. Um, on their feed and you know for anybody who wants to get some carl in their life again um but as i said our thoughts are with everybody who has been left behind um and uh, yeah. i'm sure anybody who's listening just reach out to them and let them know that you're there and thinking of them it'll be much appreciated um and obviously it's hard to move on from that but move on we mm -hmm. will because yeah. as carl would i'm sure be quick to say the show must go on um and we have got a lot of lovely emails in this week from people. We've missed a week, so we've got some backlog. I'm not even going to say it's going to be a short show this week because it probably <laughs> it's a won't episode. be a short show. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm going to start off 
with an email from uh, the winner of the most recent Cheap Shorts Challenge, Matt Murray. Uh, Matt Murray has written in, uh, titled Happy Easter Sunbeams. You can tell this one was a little bit late. Um, he writes in, Good day, Sunbeams, and Happy Easter. It is with great delight that I send you this electronic mail from sunny Brisbane in Australia. This morning our family has eaten a huge amount of chocolate and even Marshall Dalmatian had a little treat of dried sweet potato to celebrate. Listening to your podcast in the last few weeks, my mind has been blown not once, but (laughs) twice. I mean, that's what we're here for, blowing minds. The first time was a few weeks ago when I was listening to what many people affectionately call backside paper. No, no, no. No, they don't. (laughs) Um, One of your letters was from a Terry Alderman Immediately, my mind started racing. How many old Terry Oldmans could there be? Further into the letter, it was revealed that this was the one and only Terry Alderman, right arm, fast, medium, Australian (laughs) swing bowler, Wisden Cricketer of the Year 1982, player of the series in 1989 Ashes, taking 41 wickets as Australia destroyed the hapless Poms on home soil. (laughs) Wow, I did not know Terry was a film photography fan. Mind blown. (laughs) <laughs> the second time my mind was blown you can't imagine there's much of Matt's mind left at this point <laughs> Poor Matt. Uh, was hearing that I was the winner of the fashion round of the cheap shots challenge you little ripper <laughs> after hearing Claire Marie Bailey on episode 127 of the Sunny 16 podcast I've always thought she was an incredible photographer and clearly someone of great intelligence style and panache This was confirmed when Claire Marie crowned my shorts as the winning entries, you little beauty. My wife excitedly asked me what I'd won, to which I replied, nothing. She didn't look very impressed, muttering something about podcasts being a waste of time, and went back to watching EastEnders. I then happily corrected myself later on, telling her that I'd won a voucher from Analog Wonderland. She asked how much the voucher was for, and I said, no idea, but I bet it's a big one. Oh, dear. Disappointment certainly beckons. Thank you very much. Um, Speaking of Matt Loves Cameras, I don't think we were speaking of Matt Loves Cameras, but here comes the shoehorned in plug. I have just released episode eight, an episode about shooting expired slide film for expired film day. Episode 7 was a review of Yodica Antares' film, which I accidentally overexposed by two stops. Oops. Oops. More episodes are planned for the next few weeks, including a review of the iconic SX-70 to coincide with Polaroid Week, an episode about shooting film during my recent 12-night trip to Indonesia with the family, and my guide to buying cameras on eBay. I would love some more British listeners. The Americans clearly know a good film photography podcast when they hear one, as they are my biggest audience. (laughs) A couple of last points regarding Sunny 16 hangers-on. I am teaming up with Matthew Joseph for the Negative Positives Double Exposure Challenge. Matthew is finally talking to me again after he fell for the April Fool's gag that a group of us podcasters did. Ha ha! I cannot believe anybody fell for that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Matthew. Oh, dear. Um, finally, I recently bought three zines from Eric, the other. Definitely, these two are not hangers-on. They are wonderful parts of the team. Um, from Eric, one was a downloadable and two others arrived in the mail. I absolutely love his Vericolor zine. Inspirational. 
Thanks again, Sonny's Matt from Matt Loves Cameras. Um, so a few points on that. First off, if this kind of rambling uh, chatteroo from Matt sounds appealing, obviously check out Matt Loves Cameras. Also, he was a guest on a recent Negative Positives podcast. Mm -hmm. um, so listen up for that if you want to hear Matt in a safe environment. Um, <laughs> He'd actually um, uh, asked for some some questions and things to which I replied, is, um, is Marshall Dalmatian a good boy? <laughs> I that. Uh, so I don't know whether he actually uh, whether that was asked as a question on on that particular episode, but there we go. <laughs> it, it was asked as a question on that particular was it? episode. Yes, ah, because um, Mike and Andre are very lazy, so whenever they have guests on, they always get their loyal Facebook um, group members to provide all the questions and actually do all the work for them. Um, but no, it was very good, very enjoyable. I think Andre was skiving. I have a feeling Andre was not on the podcast because he was watching Game of Thrones. It is um, getting spectacularly weak, his reasons for not being on the show. Andre, pull your <laughs> socks up, my son. Um, it sounds like he needs a, a better watch so that he knows um, what time it is. And it's podcast time. It's he, he slept through a recording of his own podcast. He was supposed to be doing a midweek episode, and he just slept through it, so Mike had to I do it. I believe so. So it doesn't sound so much like he needs a new watch. It sounds like he needs a swift kick up the arse. Um, and... <laughs> uh, Eric's zines, um, I have been lucky enough to see many of these. We've got Eric on tomorrow, uh, and that mm. reminds me, Rach, I need to forward you another a link to the downloadable of um, his most recent zine. Uh, Eric has sent upcoming. it to me. Oh, good. Do not worry. It's all good. <laughs> I, I have I that. Bless him. He said, he's already sent me um, uh, a little message and said, hopefully that we'll um, get a chance to have a look. So that's awesome. So looking forward to having a look at that. Yeah, great. looking forward to chatting to Eric tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that'll come out on Thursday. That will indeed come out on Thursday, yes. And it's going to be uh, focused on sort of travel uh, and preparation for travel and especially kind of the way Eric does it, which is not the easiest way. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, the adventurous uh, travelling approach. Rach, do you want to read this next one from good friend of the show, J.M. Golding? Sounds good to me. Uh, okay, so... Um, JM says, hi, Sunbeams. I was listening to episode 148 on my commute today, enjoying all of your catching up and thinking it's time to send a long overdue message to thank you for your kind words about my cheap shots pictures. Much appreciated. I'm delighted that Aid and Claire were feeling inspired to photograph with Holgers. Yes, it was brilliant, wasn't it? And I was even more delighted today to hear that Aid's plans have become a reality. Hooray. Um, she goes on to say, and then Rachel mentioned an interest in listeners' worldwide pinhole photography day plans. Since you asked, that afternoon I'm going to be out with my zero image camera and the East Bay Photo Collective. That evening I'm hosting an opening for a new exhibition of my pinhole photos through a box of air at the wonderful Pinhole Coffee in San Francisco. That's amazing. So that'll be tonight then, won't it? Yeah. As we're recording this, that's actually probably happening now. Although, obviously, we're a slightly different time zone from them. So I'm not sure which way around. Um, they're anyway, behind us, Rach. They're, they're they behind? some hours behind, yeah. Okay. Um, so she goes on to say, and on the subject of cyanotypes, which has happily come up a lot these days on the show, the exhibit will also include a few of my new cyanotype photograms. That's amazing. Um, she says, as you know, I don't do Instagram, but for those of you who do, here's a link. So she sent over a little link, which we can pop in the show notes, hopefully. And likewise for Facebook. So happy worldwide pinhole photography day to all. As always, thanks for all you do. Wishing you good light from JM. 
thank you so much, Jane. That's awesome. Yeah, it's lovely. She she included uh, in the email um, the kind of postcard um, thing flyer for the show, and um, mm. there's a lovely. Uh, unfortunately, you can't see it, Rich, but there's a lovely pinhole shot, um, which you know just before. But also these lovely photograms. Um, they are they're made using it looks like they're all natural materials but she's made you know just beautiful mostly circular patterns with them um mm. uh it's they look a bit not nah it's very hard to describe them i will try and remember to send them okay. but hopefully that link to but um they're just really cool like i said they're very deliberately laid out um patterns with these things and it's great uh, very inspirational wonderful stuff and you've, as always you've been getting on top of your um uh, photograms recently haven't you Oh, I just I'm I cannot <laughs> stop <laughs> every day pretty much you're getting here's today's effort. Yep. Um, it's great. Yeah, it. I'm having so much fun with them. I think I talked last week about the fact that um I found that changing the way that I'm washing them is making a big difference mm-hmm. to how they're going. And I got coming this week a twenty five litre bottle of deionized water, both okay. for for that and for um washing my film in the hope that that will help deal with the residue. With the messy mix, yeah. Um, and also, yeah, and I, I I was using that citric acid, but I've also started using more recently um, just some stop. I have got, I've got some Ilfa stop. I've got loads of Ilfa stop at home because I think I end up with three bottles from somewhere <laughs> or a bottle and a half that just came with some other stuff I picked up. And it's like one to 19 parts or something for Ilfa stop, isn't it? Yeah. And also... So it'll last you four years. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't use it for developing my negatives because ah. I very rarely develop anything that has got a time on it that's so short that I'm like, I need to put the brakes on hard with this. So I just tend to use water. So mm. um, the only time I have been using Ilfostop is for uh, doing prints, which I also haven't been doing lately, but it's made using citric acid. So I just thought, I wonder if this will work. And it absolutely does. And um, yeah, I'm having lots of fun with that. Still uh, very much enjoying it. So... <laughs> That has not that has not waned yet. Um, <laughs> Great, that's good to know. And I'll just very quickly, seeing as uh, Pinhole Day was mentioned in this, I was going to talk mm-hmm. about it at the end, but I may as well mention it now. Um, I did. I had my boys this weekend, and I did make them get involved in some pinhole stuff. So um, I think I tried making a couple of cameras. I made one out of a small caramels tin, um, and. I actually, I, the other day I tried. What kind of shape is it? It's just, it's very, it's rectangular, but it's very okay. slim. Mm. And I tried. So like a panorama type. Well, that that's what, what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, what I found was when I was using it today is that because it's so slim, the bit in the centre was so much more exposed than mm-hmm. anything, even a little way out. So um, mm-hmm. that didn't work terribly well. I actually tried, I stuck in some cyanotype paper. I thought, I'm going to put some cyanotype paper in here and I'm going to leave this all day. I left it up for over five hours uh, and not any change at all. I opened it like, well, this <laughs> looks as though it has been kept in the dark box. So cyanotype and pinhole will not work. Um, I didn't think it would. Mm. Well, yeah, there's been some discussion of that. It's not something I've done. I I don't shoot with cyanotype coated paper in in a camera, but I know that Sam of Solarcam Sam has been um, attempting to do that, and that there was 
on some platform one of the platforms or, or other um I, I was asked my opinion and I was like I have not done this um but somebody else had replied and said that they had done it and, and I'm sure that there are people who have have tried that I'm pretty sure Toby uh Vanderveld has no um, I, I, I think this was on Twitter and I I did jump in because I had been reading up about this the mm-hmm. thing is um, unlike ordinary fo- photo paper, which is light sensitive across quite mm. a broad spectrum, cyanotype paper is um, only UV light responsive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, Sam was saying, well, I've done work with wet plates, which is mostly UV, but there is a difference between mostly UV and only UV. And UV light is not very reflective at all. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's... I don't think you can do it. I don't think you can okay. do photography. What I want to try, and I am going to try, because I was looking at... Whilst I was looking at UV reflectivity, I found some pictures that people had taken. Um, this was a science pictures um, of some flowers because some plants and flowers have some uv reflectiveness mm, because yeah. they're trying to attract insects and stuff yeah and it seems sense. like yellow ones in particular look quite so what i'm thinking is i might buy something like some sunflowers put my uv lamp right up close to it reflecting to reflect off it and try and take a large format cyanotype like that with it i mean again it may well not work at all but interesting though yeah yeah that's my next experiment um okay try with that so but yeah that's why pinholes that's why most reflected light photography with cyanotypes is not going to work it's because there's not enough reflected uv light um mm-hmm. okay so there you go science yeah. out to get well, us right again it's it, i hadn't i hadn't tried it so i you know i didn't want to say one way or the other yeah. <laughs> um you know it's i mean that's the idea behind science isn't it you have to try it and experiment and see see what happens absolutely so, cool. Um, but anyway, so that was I, I um, made with my boys. We made a camera out of a Pringles can, uh, which is good. good fun. Yes. Um, first, first couple of tries, I was like, everything's coming out super dark, um, and also it's coming out covered in Pringle <laughs> Pringle crumbs because they didn't clear the can out very well. Uh, and then I realised that, of course, it's reflective on the inside of the can. So of course it was it's just fogging the inside. paper. Yeah. So I <laughs> rolled up a sheet of black card, put that in, and so we got one better picture from it. Um, but that was good fun. They, I think they quite enjoyed that actually. And it was interesting as I was taking them home this afternoon. Um, it's clear that especially with Logan, my oldest, he said, "Ah, oh, you can you can do all sorts of things with pinhole. You can do this." You can, and I think it's it's got his into his imagination a little bit. So um, suddenly sparked a little interest. Yeah. Nice. So, and uh, and finally, I did also stick a um, made a little pinhole and stuck it on my Intrepid. And I was telling you, I went out. I did not have enough time. I left it till the evening. And I went out with my Intrepid uh, down to just for a little walk with it. I'm going to take some pinhole pictures on paper mm-hmm. still mm-hmm. because I'm mm-hmm. an idiot. Um, and I took one picture on pinhole. Uh, and it took 10 minutes to expose that because it was already getting quite late, at which point I thought, oh, I'm just going to have to switch to a lens to shoot the rest of these because I don't have time. And the only only paper negative, because I threw them in the developer when I got home very quickly, the only paper negative which I got even close to exposing correctly was ironically the pinhole one, which you Yay. would think. <laughs> so, um, but I'll get those scanned and, well, if they're worth scanning and share them at some point. 
but yeah well that's perfect for today well done graham thank you very much i, I do like pinhole day i just love the yeah. creativity of it all i know you didn't have any chance to today rach but unfortunately not i was up a ladder with a steamer yeah i was busy uh busy still trying to renovate the um the dark room to get that prepped and ready for um next batch of hopefully workshops and things so uh, yeah it was it's unfortunately still not in a state that i could really leave it and just go and uh, and do the fun stuff unfortunately today um but i did take my solar can out of the packet so that's good <laughs> you know <laughs> um i touched a pinhole device today so there we go <laughs> i mean that's commendable rate it's a strong start if nothing else yes um, but it has been awesome seeing what everybody else has been doing. And I know that um, there was the the meet. Well, there's obviously quite a lot of meetups around around the world, be it being worldwide pinhole mm. photography day. Um, uh, but I'm uh, particularly pleased that they did the one in Boston, UK, as yes. uh, the sort of like reflection of Boston in uh, the US. So uh, that that made me laugh. And and hopefully they've uh, they've had a lovely time. It looked like they. I'm sure they have. Yeah. 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 Wonderful stuff. Uh, and yeah. we would obviously love to hear what you guys got up to on Pinhole Day. Please do write in and let us know um, what you've been up to. Okay. Um, do you want to, actually, Rachel, I know you just said, do you want to take this next one? Because this one was one you spotted and shared with us from uh, Damien at Roll the Pants. That's right. So on Instagram, Damien is at Roller Pants. Uh, he sent me a message today just saying, Hi, fellow film photographer and world's biggest fan. <laughs> Yay, nice. we found him. Yay. We did. Um, it says, I know you probably get a thousand, thousand messages a day. Well, obviously we do, you know, but uh, he says, I've been listening to the Sunny 16 podcast for about a year now and figured you'd be the perfect people to try and ask my strange vintage film question to. <laughs> um, well, we'll give it a go. Uh, he says, I was cleaning out a closet and just found an old Revere 8 movie camera that my father found for next to nothing at a yard sale just before he passed on. It's very cool with the three lens turrets on the front. I'd love to use it for the Cheap Shots Challenge if I can manage. Wow. Um, my question is, do you know if it's possible to develop 8mm film still? And would the enlargements even be worth enlarging and printing? I develop and scan my own 35mm now, uh, now, and thanks to listening to you on the podcast have my eyes peeled for a second hand enlarger to start making my own prints sorry for the novel so much to say uh that's from damien uh so you should check out his uh work on instagram um it's there's a lot of roller skates on there I, i've been thoroughly enjoying having a little look through his uh his instagram account and seeing what's on there lots of yeah yeah roller blades uh, not roller blades sorry roller skating the the four wheels rather than in line mm -hmm. skates yeah, uh, they look great. So I had a quick look um, because I know that there are people around who d definitely do still um, uh, process eight mil uh, film, and there's uh, some. Uh, we've we've talked about gauge film before, haven't yes. we, um, uh, Graham? I can't remember the chap who runs it. Sorry, Is it totally Kevin? escaped me. It could well be. I'm pretty sure it's Kevin. And quite a few of our listeners have mentioned. Um, I uh, know they're still desperate for us to uh, to have a chat with him, get him on the show. I've tried, I've tried. He's a difficult know, man to nail I was down. Say, I know that you've been trying, haven't you, Graham? Um, but yeah, so gagefilm.co.uk, they do processing. Um, there's quite a lot of, uh, there's quite a few choices actually. There's um, another one that I found called on eight mil, as in eight, is it numeral eight, um, m i l dot com. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the uh, these are both UK based ones, and I'm not 
sure where Damien is exactly, uh, but he's, he called it a yard sale, which makes me think perhaps America. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure there will be again, you know, other um, closer processing um, places for you to go to, Damien, as well. Yeah. Sorry, Graham, you were going to say something. Well, yeah. I mean, if if you are in states or states adjacent, the best the best person I would point you towards to listen to about eight millimeter film is most certainly Mr. Michael Rasso at the Film Photography yeah. um, Project. Um, he knows an awful lot about that stuff. They are doing things with eight millimeter, both eight millimeter and super eight mil. Um, I was going to say they're different as well, and and obviously Damien's mentioned eight mil but i'm not sure whether he means eight mil or super eight because they're a slightly different size and sprockets are in a slightly different place and things so um you won't be able to play eight mil on super eight um equipment and vice versa so just need to double check on when you say eight mil is it super eight or eight mil Yeah. yeah the other thing that i would say on this is that if you are wanting to shoot it with a view to like just pull stills from it because i think you're absolutely right if if you're shooting a whole roll of it and want to actually use it as a movie then the only practical way of doing it is sending it away to get somebody to do that because otherwise i think it'd be an absolute nightmare but if you maybe wanted to shoot small sections and kind of jury rig something to develop at home maybe you Mm. could um i'm pretty sure on one of the recent Cheap Shots Challenge, didn't mind the Chris Demeanor use 8mm <laughs> yeah. film to he create did. one uh, of the images? Was it 8mm? I thought it was 16mm. Well, I don't know. Okay. Maybe, did, I he, but yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it was um, done as movie, as moving image yeah. in some way, wasn't it? Yeah. So right. you so you certainly, I mean, the, the, the development process for the film obviously still exists because it's the same film that we're using but it's just finding a way of developing it but if you're doing it in small chunks rather than doing a full length film you might be able to bodge something together but I said I would I would um, check out the FPP um, Mm. and you know maybe hit up Mike and say look this is what I've got what's the practicality of me using it in this way Um, because yeah he's incredibly knowledgeable and incredibly passionate about 8mm mm-hmm. film and as you said gauge film in the UK um, yeah. Kevin does seem to be another great font of knowledge for that stuff Definitely. So, and yeah maybe maybe um, chat to Chris Mina as well you know send him a quick message on Instagram or what have you and, and find out what he was doing with that because obviously he did yeah uh, mm. you're right submit an image using um, some cine uh, some cine film in some way so that was cool yeah, yeah very good and uh, yeah lovely to hear from you Damien thank you very much for sending the message yeah oh just fine as far as enlarging mm. and printing goes it's basically yeah. about it's the same size as 110 film isn't it Rach yeah, um, yeah. Or so else, yeah. if you're going to maybe a 6x4 if you go any bigger than 6x8 yeah. <laughs> probably not um, but you know it's, if you can find a way to do it economically just to have fun with it then why not yeah. embrace the grain as so Sherry Christensen would say well that's right that's the name of her podcast isn't it, it so is. and that's now on uh itunes i believe she's yeah. been um approved for that so um yeah listeners you might that's another another lovely podcast that you might want to have a little listen to um listen to sherry's work uh but yeah the um uh, the film itself always looks very cute little tiny yeah i've, little got, tiny I've got a super eight camera here one day maybe i'll give it a go mm, um, but it's, yep. just, it's just not cheap and i've never yet had a good enough idea that makes the idea of doing <laughs> it worth a go well, maybe one day maybe yeah um, maybe 
Yes. This next one is entitled Books and Instacks, and it's from good friend, uh, and who we haven't heard from for a little while, actually, Toby mm. Vandeveld. Um, he writes in, Hi, Beams. I've just been enjoying the latest show. Rachel, are you going to run away and join the circus? Or is <laughs> Sunny 16 enough for you? I mean, Enough of a circus. <laughs> uh, it's pretty circus adjacent, I think. I think it's circus enough for everybody. <laughs> I heard you mention the books I made for you, um, made you for the photo show. They are a good size for Instax wide prints, but cyanotyping mm -hmm. with them is a great idea. I'd advise you coat one page at a time to, pre to prevent risking fogging the next sheet down by accident. Yeah. <laughs> Does advice. this sound familiar? Uh, yeah, the sensible yeah. option now, Graham. It does. But the thing is, Rach, the <laughs> thing is... You like, are just no patience. You, all, yes, one there. Um, but cyanotype chemicals go so far. Like, how mm. can you mi mix so little? And like, no, just do loads. And then just all you have to do then is when you put them out, just put something in between the pages. I did make that mistake the first time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other one um, carries on. Making the cyanotype onto an individual pages one at a time and then binding them all together at the end is how I go forward with this idea. Uh, mm. I am in the stored stage of doing this myself right now. So I like that idea a great mm. deal. Yeah. Um, although I don't know how to bind books. So um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just take all the pictures and then post them to Toby. Um, I made Oops. a sorry, it's alright it's uh, me dropping the thing I shouldn't have been fiddling with anyway I made a book <laughs> for my wife's birthday similar to the ones you have but with 20 pages I gave it to a blank at her party and filled it as we celebrated I had three packs of film so used all the pages in the book and gave the other 10 away to party goers that it was, sounds so lovely yeah it's a really nice thing to do um, it was great to see the book filling up everyone looking through it and giving people prints to take home as well I have been really enjoying bookbinding this year. Once you get prints made of your work, which I encourage everyone to do, what do you do with them? You fill an album with them naturally. <laughs> anyway, I've got a small job on the go, only 773 frames to edit, so I'm signing off. <laughs> Ta-ta for now, Tobe. <sighs> um, bookbinding, Rach, is this a thing mm. that you have done it's actually something that I discussed doing with um, a, a friend of mine, uh, Luke. He's done some assisting work for me in the past and he does do a bit of book binding. And actually, uh, my husband, Adam, he uh, decided to learn how to do a very little bit of book binding for our um, friend when they had their first baby uh, just over a year ago, decided that as a gift, he would um, create some um handmade books for for them to fill in as as he grew up as arthur grows up so um it was so he got all the paper and he got the um the string and, and what have you so i'd seen it happening he'd, he'd done a couple of um quick versions for me which is lovely there's just something really beautiful about it being something handmade as bookbinding, uh, I think, and combining that obviously with handmade prints and uh, and or cyanotypes and things, um, it was it was an idea that I'd had perhaps to run it as a workshop where I would teach people how to create the cyanotypes uh, in the morning, and then perhaps Luke would help to uh, show people how to bind them together as a book in the afternoon. Sounds like it's something that Toby is definitely investigating himself as well at the moment. Mm. It does seem to be uh, a hobby or an interest that kind of goes 
hand in hand with quite a lot of people I remember mm-hmm. listening to last year. I think it was the underexposed mm-hmm. where you had Tina Rowe and um, right. Isabel yeah. Curdes on. Yeah. Um, cause they, they are both people who are quite passionate about bookbinding, aren't they? And paper. Oh, all the different varieties of papers and things because they, they all lend a different look to it don't they as yeah. well um i was talking to somebody in, in the awesome female photographers um facebook group that i set up and they have got some beautiful work and um it's on something called mulberry paper so i asked about that and you can you can actually um get hold of that but it got a very particular beautiful look um to it as well so i, I think that's the other thing it can give you lots of different kinds of effects depending on what you're printing onto, whether we're talking about cyanotypes or if we're talking um, about various different photographic papers and the difference that they make to that final image as well and how the tones look and things too. Yeah, it sounds great. It's a thing I know absolutely nothing about, um, but would like to learn more. Um, Yeah. So, um, Rachel, do you want to take this next missive from our good friend and your specially good friend, Alistair Douglas? (laughs) Hi, Alistair. Um, Alistair sent an email to say hi to all those who, like the Mad Dogs, go out in the sunny 16 midday sun. Uh, Well, I was listening to my favourite podcast when the audio went strange. I stopped the player, rewound and pressed the play button again. Still, the audio was like two podcasts that had somehow merged. This didn't make sense. Was I dreaming this strange voice interjecting over the Fab 3? Ah, Fab 3. Um, So sitting and pondering what I was hearing, it dawned on me that like when you hear about an event that changes the course of history, like Kennedy being shot, man landing on the moon, or Kodak bringing back ectochrome, (laughs) we who listen to the Sunny 16 podcast are now living the new age of analogue photography. Yes, Aid has been shooting film once more. This is a moment we have all prayed and waited for. And like John Wayne packed, packing his six shooters, age is now packing two holgers and shooting down all those, all that which appears in his sights. <laughs> age, we are pleased the hiatus is over and look forward to hearing the numerous judges calling you to the podium to collect first prize in those fabulous cheap shot challenges. To you other Sunny 16ers, uh, time to stop resting on your laurels for contest has stepped up a pace and things are no longer a two-way race. Alistair Dougal to all and Dougal to Rachel. <laughs> you um, couldn't even say Dougal you were supposed to say Oh, Dougal. yeah, that's right. I just realised that. I was so sorry, Alistair. You even spelt it out correctly, properly for me. Oh, dear. Um, he says, P.S. Been experimenting with Rodnell. You use Rodnell, don't you, um, Graham? No, no, I haven't. Oh. I'm, I'm an HC110 guy, although I really ought to get some Rodnell because apparently it lasts forever, which is what yeah. I need. Maybe that's what I was thinking. I know that you've mentioned it before. Um, he says, been it spent... Sorry, hang on. I'll start that again. <sighs> been experimenting with Rodnell and have just written a new article about it, which I've posted on my website. Ah, yeah. So he's... He, um, Alice's website is aspirationalphotos.com forward slash articles forward slash Rodnell. So you can find it there. Also, I believe Graham has had problems with his Yashica Electro 35. Mine stopped working, so I stripped it down, starting with the base plate, checked the solder, and was about to take the top plate off when I decided to check the wiring. When using a jump cable, I saw the battery check worked and the two exposure indicators worked. The problem seems to be the little conducting plate in the inside of the base plate not making contact. So very carefully, I lifted the conduct plate from the base and pleased to report things are working once more as it should. PPS. Sorry for the extra long PS. (laughs) 
so do you think that sounds like a problem you've been having with yours as well graham have you had a chance to have a little look i'll be honest i didn't really understand very many of the words that were in that last okay. um, thing but um, um okay. <laughs> if you could find a competent grown-up who could read that and then apply it <laughs> uh it may well be the same problem yeah my, i i haven't used my electro 35 for quite a while um but and basically what seemed to be happening was that the auto exposure was not working properly on it because it's uh an aperture priority um camera uh and so when the battery was in it was just underexposing everything i don't think it, i don't think it was exposing properly so mm, okay. but it does work if i don't put the battery in there because it just defaults then to one five hundredth of a second shutter speed which is really bizarrely wow. fast normally yeah it <laughs> doesn't go that way um but it's got a fast lens so mm. you could make that work if you know that um and I, actually I, it's a camera i really need to get out with it was one of the very earliest cameras that i've got that i bought and mm. and it's i was gonna say it's a lovely little camera it's not a little camera it's a lovely great big lump of a camera um but <laughs> well, it's, it's one a, that you do love though isn't it yeah yeah it is and it's got a beautiful lens on it and uh, still to this day i mean the, the first roll of film i shot through it i shot but i didn't have a battery because it needs an adapter you need to buy an adapter to get the battery to work or mm. you know if you're competent at fudging these things i'm sure you can but so i didn't have a battery but i wanted to use it so i put some hp5 in there uh because i knew that it would go to one five hundredth and i knew that i had all this mm -hmm. latitude to play with so i was like fine i can shoot this in anything yeah. um and uh, like one of my favorite pictures i've ever taken of my son was with that camera on that first roll of film within you know i think a few months of me actually starting shooting film so um yeah it, it has a special place in my heart on that camera and i do pick mm. it up and play with it fairly regularly i just need to get as far as putting some film in it and taking it out for a walk again so mm. soon awesome. i i have a plan it is a, whether this comes to fruition or not but i was thinking about the fact that the you know the um the darkroom shed is mm. uh you know becoming close to completion, completion. Mm -hmm. um it's being used even though i have no electricity but it's <laughs> being used um i thought once it's done and i actually have a good working space i might start going through all my cameras and i thought i might do this either probably as an audio thing but basically going like through them one at a time going stay or go <laughs> pick up a camera talk about it take it out, use it, and at the end go, did this Marie Kondo, the living daylights out of this, did this bring me joy, or is there another reason <laughs> I should keep that? And if not, you know, let's see if that happens. It might. It's a very good not. idea, though. I like that. That sounds yeah. like a lot of fun. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I will um, we'll see if there's any interest in me doing that, and then see if I actually do it. Lots of very short rolls of film, I suspect, if that happens. <laughs> okay. Definitely five frames with. Yes, exactly. Five frames and then hit the floor no, quite work. <laughs> okay uh, i think we've got one final email here and this is titled uh, impressions and graham losing again oh good <laughs> oh good this is from uh our good you, then. yeah our good friend dale willett uh who we met at the photography show and who gave me a massive bag of keyrings to share uh, which are on many of my keys now actually. um your irreverent majesty graham just a quick Goodness. one. Yeah, I think that's how I should always be titled. I've just <laughs> listened to the latest toilet paper episode. Again, I'm not, not feeling these uh, names. And I'm afraid Rachel may have beaten you <laughs> again. Your Sean Connery impression is indeed masterful. <laughs> 
Uh, what was it? I can't even remember what the word I was using now to exposure. Exposure. Um, oh yeah, exposure. Exposure. Yeah. Mish money putty. Um, however, I have to say that when asked for her best impression, Rachel's <laughs> oh, uh, um, uh, was possibly the best Hamish Gill impression I have ever heard. <laughs> Sorry, Hammy. Anywho, got to go. Need to get these lumen prints out of the fixer. Tata for now from Dale Willits and Dale is at delusions underscore of underscore competence on Instagram. Um, I think it's a fair shout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. I, funnily enough, I happened to listen to that show today, and I was. It was in my mind. Thinking, yeah, that's pretty good. Um, what are lumen prints, Rachel? <laughs> Um, well, lumen prints are a little bit like um, a cyanotype in that you're not using a, a camera um, to do it. You're using uh, an object. So you can use foliage or leaves or whatever. And it's a bit like using a contact print, uh, but you're using expired photographic paper instead. Oh, they look very cool. I've done some Googling yeah. and they look awesome. So another thing to investigate at some point. Definitely. Add it to the list. <laughs> I've, and I apologize in advance because I'm probably about to ask another thing, which why on earth would you know the answer to this? But you might do. I've seen people talking about red cabbage being part of some process related to this. Any ideas? Hmm. Um, that might be something to do with, I was thinking maybe more like toning of cyanotypes because once you've got a cyanotype as a blue and white print, you can then bleach it. Um, and then when you bleach it, it then takes it back to a kind of like um, a sort of dull, creamy yellow kind of colour. Um, and then those parts you can tone with things like onion or cabbage or red wine or coffee or tea or what have you to give it different tonal colours. Mm, yeah. yeah, I sort of had so a So maybe it's to do with that? Yeah, maybe it's to do I'm with not that. sure. Again, I have a feeling people will let um, uh, somebody we somebody who we need to get on the podcast and who I have a feeling I, I don't know whether she listens to this but I, um, it's Kai Lewis who I heard on mm. the Lensless Photographer we definitely need to get her on because I think she is somebody who could we could really pick about this because I think she does all this sorts of stuff so um, Kai if you're listening uh, please consider this a very open door invitation to come and um, educate <laughs> me on all these things I have so many questions um, I had a go at doing some staining the other day I tried bleaching it but I was trying yeah. to bleach it with um bleach from c41 kit is some old leftover bleach and i don't think ah. that bleach was strong enough so that didn't do it um yeah. i did stain it with tea that did make a difference oh. um mm -hmm. i tried coffee but I, that didn't work but maybe it's because i didn't mix it up strong enough or maybe it's because i hadn't bleached it first anyway but yeah mm. uh, the, the experiments continue and will never end um that is it for emails this week we've talked about pinhole day already uh mm -hmm. um Polaroid week, Polaroid week, yeah. Right. Been lots of lovely stuff being shared all over the internet this week on Polaroid week. Absolutely, um, yeah. So uh, Polaroid week finished on Sunday, and actually, I noticed this morning that the lovely Analog Forever magazine, who are Analog um, with A N A L O G Forever magazine dot com, um, they actually did a little uh, feature on Polaroid week. Uh, saying Polaroid Week is a biannual celebration of instant film that's held on Flickr and allows lovers of the medium to get together and share their newly created instant works. This year's Spring Polaroid Week started on the 21st of March and lasted until the 26th, obviously a Sunday, um, and apparently had 222 members submit a total of over 1,200 photographs, which is incredible. Um, 
says they watched the action unfold and have chosen 20 of their absolute favourites. So there are thousands of obviously amazing instant photographs to see on the Flickr group pool. So you should go and have a little look at that. Um, but yeah. Polaroid Week was started in 2006, I believe, to celebrate instant film um, as a project to sort of like see new and interesting things. So you should have a little look at the analogforevermagazine.com feature and um, you'll probably notice some familiar names in there as well. We've got um, Hilary Clark, there's um, Annika Lanise, um, uh, Lisa um, Tubbots as well. Lots of fabulous work on there. Um, so yeah, you should definitely have a little look at that. Um, they look beautiful, very dreamlike. I think there's actually one of um, uh, Notre Dame, actually, as well. Oh well, that's yeah, timely. Yeah, absolutely. So there's, there's a real sort of like selection. They all seem uh, they all look very dreamlike and experimental, and yeah, look lovely work on there. So. Um, Thoroughly recommend going to have a little look at that and then checking out the wider pool of images that have been submitted because there's some beautiful work. Sounds fantastic. Uh, I think we are getting close to the end of the stuff. You know what? I think we've done... I mean, well, it's not a short show. I was going to say it's nearly (laughs) a short show, but it's not a stupidly long show, which is not bad. Um, So, you know, it's two weeks' worth we've caught up on. So, you know, this is actually a good time to mention, listeners. If you've got any emails that you've been holding off, you know, sending us drop us a line um especially if you haven't been written in before I mean, we always love to hear from everybody but you know the emails have been slowing down a bit lately so don't don't leave us hanging here because obviously otherwise we'll just never have anything but these really really short shows <laughs> <laughs> um i wonder if we had zero emails whether we could have a short show i bet we still couldn't rage i bet we couldn't <laughs> do it um, i think we proved that didn't we last week because um we obviously didn't have a guest it was just the three of us having a chat and that was supposed to be and i was like well i've got nothing <laughs> that i've been able to do recently and we still were running at about an hour and 40 minutes so <laughs> between the three of us yeah. we seem to still manage it somehow <laughs> yeah um, we have got some coffee thanks. We've got a couple of uh, new people to say thank you to uh, first off. So um, the first one is from uh, a cu- I'm going to read the message. A cup of tea each for you lovely sunbeams. Uh, is there any chance of a shout out to Colin, Sam and Pete from Sunny Dunny Dunbar? Uh, and you can find these guys. They are um, on Instagram at Sam Bain. Uh, Bain is spelled B-A-I-N. Uh, Sam Bain 27. Uh, Bane underscore Pete and Spirtleman S-P-I-R-T-L-E-M-A-N and this is lovely because this is all a family um, enjoying analog photography together and um, I was looking at some of their pictures online and it's just great it's just so nice to see so um, do check those out Um, three lovely was there there one was there one that you were going to to mention or not mention i I will there's uh, actually um one of sam so uh sam bain seems to be a young gentleman who actually got a really cool website out which i did let me see if i can find that um it's not necessarily photography as such it's a mixture of different stuff um yeah sambain.co.uk just like loads of cool imagery and blueprints and all sorts of stuff from there and uh, just really awesome. That's something I'd like to look at more, actually. Um, but he's got a picture on, on his Instagram page. It's a sort of a, a um, D 
diptych, basically two pictures. Uh, and it's um, Sam out with his dad, who is at Spurtleman. And the first one is when he's a, a young a young whippersnapper. Um, uh, and the second one is when he's uh, obviously in his early 20s, a few years later, or however old he is, maybe he's just late teens at this point. But both taken in the same place, um, both out there. And I, I did love the fact that his dad uh, commented, um, Haha, my big head's been cropped out the first one. <laughs> Hashtag Zorky Turn, <laughs> which made me uh, very happy, um, and I, I just, I just loved that whole family photography thing there. Um, <laughs> it's wonderful. You guys are doing it just right. So thanks, thanks guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, keep being awesome with that. Yeah. Uh, the second one is Barry Carr. Um, Barry wrote in uh, saying he's been listening for a while, and. Um, want to point you uh he's got so he's got a photography website barrycar.com it's barry car c-a-r-r.com lots of lovely pictures on there lots of lovely film shots on there i especially want to point you also to um they've got a blog page which is um blog.jazzyfinbar so that's jazzy f-y-n-b-a-a-r.co.uk which is a um analog photography blog that uh barry is doing along with rob kent who was a recent also a recent donor actually and um yeah it's just a really nice photography blog analog photography blog so recent posts on there cross-processing color film with rodnell um five frames with a fed micron 2 um all sorts of stuff on their portraiture practice it's just a nice nice blog a scabby soligor gets ai'd um you know all sorts of fun stuff on there so do check that out so that's jazzyfinbar.co or blog.jazzyfinbar.co.uk and incidentally um both rob and barry from dundee in scotland so we've had a very <laughs> scottish heavy uh coffee recently um so thank you very much barry for that hugely appreciated and listeners do check out that um we have also got some recurring donors this week, but given the news we had up top, I don't think it's really... Uh, we don't feel like yeah. doing some nonsense not, facts not this week. Not this week, I think. So we will <laughs> save those to next week. Well, we don't want to not do them, but this doesn't seem like the right week for my kind of bullshit. Um, yeah. So we will save those, but just know that we are thanking you all and we will... We will. Our team of researchers will just make use of the extra week to find extra juicy facts for next week, mm-hmm. I promise. Um, and I think that does us, doesn't it, Rach? I think so, yeah. And uh, just to say uh, thanks again, I think, to Carl Havens for all the wonderful work that he did and putting into the community for us. Um, it was uh, lovely to know him, and it's been, um, it's, it was uh, a pleasure to have him as a guest on the show. So uh, thank you all. Um, as it, it definitely feels like a, an analogue photography family, um, and, uh, yeah, we'll miss him very much. Yeah, and as I was saying at the beginning, it's a strange thing. There's, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there are podcasts that I have listened to for many, many years. And so inevitably, within that space, there have been a couple of times where people who I have been listening to for many countless hours of my life have died. And it feels like a very personal loss to lose somebody who... You know, you, you spend hours of your life just with them in your ears. And um, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of people will feel that. And, um, you know, yeah. but there you go. 
Thanks for being with us, listeners. It's yes. been really nice to talk to you. And um, we will obviously be recording next um, this week's show tomorrow. Um, so we will be back with you again on Thursday. Yes, with Eric, Conspiracy of Cartographers, the ever lovely, wonderful gentleman that is Eric joining us. So something to look forward to. Until then, listeners, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.